0: it's the the, dynasty Dynasty. with chris shang um real quick it's been uh, another week and i have uh, another week full of updates and i want to jump into what those things are Uh, but first off i wanted to describe to you and just let you know that right now i have three different types of businesses and so kind of how i see the dynasty playing out is um, is me sharing with you what has worked and what hasn't worked on a weekly basis for the different categories of, of business that I do have. So currently, I have a small business, which is a local local regional business. And then I have um, a startup that I'm working on. And then I also have my freelance consulting business. So if you're a budding entrepreneur, uh, typically, these are one of the three categories that you're going to be jumping into. I would say a good vast 80% of of entrepreneurs are jumping into a small business, a startup, or they're doing freelance and consulting. Um, and so, when you do that, the growth strategies and, and how you build and, and scale your business is all, its, it's going to be quite different between each of those categories. And so, that's why I, I want to break it up and share with you and let you know what has and hasn't worked for each of them. Um, for me personally, starting with that and and using my real-life case studies, which is my my own businesses. And sharing it with you so you guys can can experience the shortcuts or the, uh, the much more effective and, and, and leaner way of doing things um, by me guinea pigging and testing it out first. So I'm going to dive into my, um, my small business, which if you weren't aware, I have an acting studio based out here in Manhattan Beach, um, which is just south of Los Angeles. Um, I have 40 to 50 clients, uh, 40 to 50 students in, that, in, that, in this studio. Um, and I would say 90% of them are with a, within a 20-mile radius of my physical location. Um, so right now, how this, how this space is set up is I have, a, I have a physical location where students are actually driving to and taking a class. I don't teach all the classes. I have an assistant now that I've trained um, with my philosophies on, on, on acting, um, and she is doing uh, the majority of the classes. Um, and so my goal has been always to really solidify what the philosophy is, have the philosophy and the training methods be scalable and be able to teach almost, you know, anybody in those methodologies and practices. And then ultimately I could just be collecting a paycheck, um, which is great. Right. So, uh, you know, I think I want to dive in a little bit more about like the story of, of, of my business and, and, where it is right now and what I've been spending time doing. So um, I started the business about seven years ago with just literally two students and grew that very, very organically through word of mouth. Um, I've experimented with a lot of different types of advertising, such as like local newspapers out here. Um, I've, you know, spoken at uh, the local schools out here where the students are. I focus really on kids from six to Seventeen. So again, it's the whole idea of trying to figure out where do my ideal customers, you know, live and breathe, and, and trying to reach them, whether it's digitally or physically. Digitally is a little bit more challenging on the local front. Um, you know, I've tried Facebook ads. I've tried social media. Yelp has been one of the best things that I've gotten um, a lot of usage out of, and also Groupon and Living Social. Um, I would say those have created awareness and, and given me visibility. Um, but in terms of like, uh, the, the financial part of it, it's not, it's not a huge gain. I see a lot of drop-off from people who, who come to me through those um, group discount sites. So uh, the ideal situation is, is referrals. It is through um, maintaining the relationship with the schools and making sure that the teachers are on board with what I'm doing, um, evangelizing my service and my product. Uh, and and having people buy into what that is and then having them try it out and then realizing this is a good fit for them um, so that's that's typically been my sales process um, but this week you know what I've what I've really started trying to do is is scale it and try to figure out how do I scale this small business right that for the past seven years I've been pretty complacent um, it gets me close to six figures it only takes for me personally about five to six hours a week of my time um and so it's it's great passive income and it's 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 a i mean it's a great it's just a great income for for a side business um but you know my goal with anything is is trying to scale it and really try to grow it to its biggest potential and uh and the way that i figure that i could do that is um is is just trying to spend the time to really solidify and this is because it's a service based business um but solidify my teaching methodology and I've begun to do this. i began to do this uh, in the past month or so, where I've actually started now to formulate um, and and create a comprehensive um, set of methods of how I have been doing my classes for the past seven years. Um, I have a teaching assistant who I've trained it very roughly in in these methods, um, but it does take personal time to go back. And really comb through it and make it understandable. Um, it's almost like writing a book to 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 some degree. Uh, and you know, I'm, I I want to make sure that it is uh, super comp- comprehensive and somebody can understand it and walk through it and get take away tangible step by steps. Um, and so that's that's one of the ways I'm doing it because if I can standardize the method, then ultimately that's something that is scalable, right? Um, that's something that I can teach to somebody else who can then teach to somebody else. But that takes that effort to spend the time to really flesh that, that out. Um, But I'm close to being done with that. Uh, This week, I'm looking to be launching this program, which is called Chi Acting Philosophy. Um, That's C-H-I and it stands for character, humanization and and, uh, and identifying. Um, So I won't get too much into details about like the skills of acting, but what I want to do is share with you, you know, that, for if you're a service based business, one of the things that you can do to help scale is to really solidify the methodology um, into something that's a tangible product. So whether it's a book, you wrote down all these notes, you, you have a website, whatever it's gonna be, you have to have a condo or a channel to be able to share this information. And ideally, you know, the way that you're gonna share it is is through a transaction, through a financial transaction. So I haven't gotten to that portion yet. I'm still currently in the phase of of um of of fleshing out the method, but I'm close to getting to that point. And a few of the revenue streams I'm thinking of is selling, uh, you know, selling the book, the ebook, um, talking about the philosophies, the exercises, the methods that I've been working on. Um, it's also going to be, uh, talking about, um, uh, having people to be able to book, uh, an appointment through virtual virtual learning. Um, so using, using Skype or another, um, Chat service, the video chat service, where, uh, you know, a trainee can ultimately take my methods, be caught up to speed, and trained in my methods, and be able to train, an, you know, an actor or a student, um, virtually. And so that's kind of my my ways of like how I'm going to figure to scale the acting studio outside of my twenty mile radius bubble. Um, that being said, I also did have another breakthrough this week, which is uh, I added a new product. Uh, sorry, new service um, and uh, to to basically the the my my current offering. So right now I have just just five different classes filled with students, um, and each of the classes are for the most part the same, with the only main difference being age. Uh, but I've had uh, several parents reach out to me asking about a summer camp. Now, summer camp financially makes sense on paper. So if you do a lot of the analysis and just like kind of the the legwork to figure out um, you know whether product or service is worth it you know that's probably the first step is if to see if it's worth exploring Um, and when i when i ran the math for the workshop i basically had to figure out what it's going to cost me uh, to put together this this summer um, summer camp and then how much i would have to charge and how many students i need to then you know um, give me the margins that i really wanted and also understanding what break even was and all that other good stuff. Um, after I did that though, you know, I think a lot of people will get caught up. And I was personally, I've gotten caught up uh, in, in just like the getting stuck, being, being so used to being complacent and then just thinking, Oh, I'm going to have to do so many things to put this thing into motion. Um, you start worrying about all the different things, uh, logistics that you're going to have to figure out before you even fully have the demand. Right. Um, and you, you, worry about the risk, right? You worry about the risk that you're taking by setting all the logistics in motion, making commitments um, and then offering this product. And then what if people don't sign up? What if all these people who show interest all of a sudden the price point may not be good and you know, it's not, it's not right. Maybe, you know, the service isn't right. And you know, you, you, you start, you start, becoming your own worst enemy, right? Um, and then I said, Chris, dude, you calm down for a second. You have you, you just know and you've heard from customers, from clients, that this is something that they're interested in. So why don't I start just by creating the minimum, minimum, minimum viable product? And which to me ended up being, look, just know what you have to do on the back end logistically, if you're going to pull the trigger on this thing but let's not worry about making any commitments financial or or, or time wise into any of this stuff let's just figure out how many students do I need and at what price point can I do this at in order for me to have a comfortable margin so that I'm gonna break profit um, and so I ran those numbers and I realized I, I just need 24 students um, at $600 and I will see A profit of anywhere from to ten fifty ten to fifteen thousand dollars, which I thought not bad, right? Um, And and so what I did was I literally just fleshed through what I thought the service or product should be. Uh, I listed this product or service on my website, and then I sent out a group email to my forty and fifty you know current students that I have, and I said, look, a lot of you know a lot of people have been asking about a summer camp. Would you be interested? this is what it entails, this is the price point. And I was very cordial about it, You know, very friendly, again, followed my templates for the emails, um, from my email marketing campaigns, and um, ended up filling up half of the spots within three days. Now, it could have very easily gone the other way, which is, it could have been crickets, it could have been one to two people maybe that are showing interest, um, and if that was the case, then it would have been very easy for me to pull the plug on it, Without having had risk, having had to have risked anything. Um, But the alternative is there. So, realizing that, look, you filled up half the spots already. Now it's time to green light this thing and let's continue to move forward. And lo and behold, I have another email list of 500 former students, as well as like people who have shown interest in the past that I'm going to be blasting this out to um, that can hopefully fill in the other last half of the remaining spots. Um, and you know, there's a few other things I'm gonna kind of be running through this week to to help me market market this thing. But the end reality is now that I've now I can be confident in adding and, and pulling the trigger on all these the back end logistics of actually fulfilling on this new product or service um, with the confidence that the demand is there, that people are making deposits for it and and are um, are are taking up the spaces. And you know, that's, that to me is, it's, it's pretty crazy to realize that you can do something like that for literally no risk. It's really no risk. Um, it's just all in your mind. It's just really, you get these things stuck in your head and you worry about all the things that could possibly go wrong. Um, you worry about the, the commitments and then you worry about like, what if you already make the commitments and then nobody commits to you. um, and it's just crazy thinking like that to me. I think it, I think what I what I realized this week was, look, minimal viable product can really be minimum, minim, bare, bare bones minimum, right? It could be the it could just be information sharing an idea. And then as long as you have' an, if you're an existing business, you could share it with your existing clients, get some feedback, see if they're interested in it. And that starts with also listening to what the customers want, right? I know you, all, you sometimes if you're a small business and you have a lot of different ver- verticals or channels, that it can be very overwhelming. But then look at, you know, run the numbers and, and do the math. Figure out which ones are the high margin types, of products or services that, that you should be thinking about. And if you hear it three, four, five, maybe six, seven times, you know, what numbers then do you need um, in terms of actual customers to have that start making sense for you? Um, then then all you really have to do is, is, is make that available to them and make it available to everybody because the end result might just be, you know, if five, six people are thinking about this thing that you don't have, but they would get it from you if you did, there's a larger chance that a lot of your other customers also have been thinking in the back of their minds. They just never had the guts to ask you or they never thought to ask you if you have that, right? Um, if we don't find something online, we don't typically go to that to that to the website that we're on and say, "Hey, how come you don't have this?" We end up usually just going to another website and trying to find it on some other in some other way, right? So, um, so customer feedback is actually really important stuff. It's really important. It's a it's the anecdotal data that you get back from customers is huge. I mean, it's huge for product fit. It's huge for finding other revenue streams. Um, and and listen to them and and then get outside of your own head and, and start realizing and really start hammering away at what minimally can I get away with right here? What minimally do I need to do to just get me feeling comfortable to pull the trigger on this? And that's how you start. Um, so yeah, I wanted to go ahead and share with you just on the small business level that that's something that you guys can do right now is start listening to your customers. Start adding something that's the most minimal viable product to um, to engage them and seeing if the demand's there. If it's not, pull it from your offering. If it is, pull the trigger on the logistics to make it happen. All right, cool. So I'm going to jump into something else. Um, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about my startup, Renly, and uh, can talk to you about how I tested that business idea uh, for under $500 in less than 15 hours of my time. All right, cool. Take it easy. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks.